The following sermon was delivered on Sunday, December 8, 2019 at the Unitarian Universalist Congregation in Andover by Bob Janier and Chaz Bicking. The sermon was presented in two parts. The title of the sermon is A Hand Up, Not a Hand Out. He begins the sermon. Welcome to the neighborhood. Here we are in our spiritual home, the center of our beloved community. Here we come for support, for uh, inspiration, and sharing. Other religious communities have similar gatherings and uh, similar meetings. In 1968, after giving up their wealth to refocus their lives on Christian service, Millard and Linda Fuller moved with their children to an interracial farming community in southwest Georgia. 1968, interracial farming community in southwest Georgia. That was on Koinonia Farm. After a few years in the farm community, the Fullers spent time as missionaries in Africa. And when they returned in 1978, they began a Christian ministry at Koinonia Farm Building, building a simple, decent houses for low-income families. Using volunteer labor and donations and requiring repayment only of the cost of materials. No interest was charged. No profit was made. These same principles guided the Fullers in expanding this ministry called Partnership Housing into a larger-scale ministry known as Habitat for Humanity International. At the Merrimack Valley Habitat, where Bob and I spent a lot of hours volunteering, the Christian roots of this service organization are not obvious, as volunteers and staff and homeowners uh, interact without regard to or participation in any religious activity. Habitat families get a hand up, not a hand out. Selected homeowners are required to participate in first-time homebuyer educational workshops, contribute between 250 and 350 sweat equity hours working on building their home or someone else's home, paying closing, closing costs estimated at $2,500, and earn equity in their home with a zero or low percent mortgage. Habitat has the right of first refusal if homeowners uh, choose to sell so they can keep it in the affordable housing market. Uh, homeowners also participate in the management of con- condominium associations where applicable. Uh, this will be the case down on Lupine Road where uh, uh, six housing units are being built and we'll have an association. And uh, homeowners participate and support Merrimack Valley Habitat events and programs. We've been building largely in Lawrence over the last two decades, but now Merrimack Valley Habitat has projects in Salisbury. Affordable housing within walking distance of the beach. Yeah. Uh, And Andover. Farther afield, Habitat International has a global village program in several countries offering travel and service opportunities. Ten of us from the Merrimack Valley went to the Dominican Republic in March of 2018 and again this October to Romania. 
These were vastly different trips, but both gave us the opportunity to see other countries and cultures and meet people. After the service, I have some uh, 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 slideshow that I can uh, show of my, both of my trips uh, in the last couple of years. One of the Habitat Standing Committees is a Family Selection Committee. And Tom Baird is the leader on the committee, and last year he sent out an email to all of us that really says it all. So writes Tom, I've been on the Family Selection Committee for 18 years. In every selection process, we have to turn away families that are in great need. This year, we finished selecting two families for Franklin Street. I wish we were building more homes because we turned away some families in desperate situations. Anyway, just to put in perspective the great work we are doing, one of the families we selected for Franklin Street has literally no heaters in any of the bedrooms, bed, bathroom, and living room. None of the windows shut properly all the way. There's one gas heater in the hallway that they turn off and on with a knob. The heater exhaust pipe came loose from the wall and, and the family taped it in place. They have to run hot water in the tub in order to warm the bathroom up to take showers. Light fixtures are hanging from the ceiling by electrical wires. Water leaks through the light fixture in the girl's bedroom. When the people in the upstairs unit take a shower, they have to move the boy's bed out from the wall because so much water leaks through the ceiling and then they have to mop the floors. Homeless people live in the back entry stairwell. The kitchen sink leaks and they have a bucket in the cabinet underneath to catch the water. This leaves only two cabinets above the sink is their only storage. The floors are so crooked that the refrigerator door needs to be taped to shut and uh, to, to hold it shut each time they open it because otherwise it swings open because of the unevenness of the floors. They, pay, they keep the place clean, but the police comes alive at night with cockroaches and mice. The mother, mother was bit by a mouse in her sleep. They have to wash the dishes twice, once after they use them, and once again before they need, before they use them to, due to the rodent droppings. The city condemned the building for a period of time, and the family had to live in a hotel for two weeks. The building moves in the wind, and the story goes on. The other family is a single mother with a teenage daughter and a six, nine-year-old boy who rent one bedroom and have all of their life belongings in this one room, as well as a little portable refrigerator for a couple of days' worth of food. The living conditions are so cramped that they try to spend as much time out as they can at places like the YMCA and use the room for sleeping only. They share a bathroom with a mentally retarded man in a bedroom across the hall, and the mother has to clean the bathroom after the man uses it, so that it'll be sanitary enough for her kids. They also had no hot water in the bathroom, and the mother had to boil pots of hot water in the community kitchen for the bathtub. She doesn't feel safe having her kids around the other people who live in the place. Those are just two stories, but every year is, is similar. I'm happy to say that both these families moved in to Franklin Street this fall, and it's just wonderful. And the... Uh, I think I'll say later that one of the things I enjoy about Habitat is getting to meet and work with 
the families. And uh, the first family we read about was, uh, was Annie and, and why can't I think of Henri? Uh, and they both come from the Congo. And they're just a wonderful family. They, they, you know, at the end of the workday, we're supposed to clean up more or less, right? Well, when they were working on the job, they took time to sweep and clean so that where we, where we left was, in, was perfect. So, so, there, so that's one of the stories of, about the, the families. But, but Tom Baird, uh, who I didn't realize he'd been doing it for 18 years, has you know, story after story to tell, and it's, uh, and it's, it's difficult to make the call for sure. <clears throat> So I've been volunteering for Merrimack Valley since the 1990s. At that time, this congregation, uh, every, every fall and spring, uh, we'd do a Saturday as a group, and we got organized, and, and we did that. Uh, after I retired, I discovered the Thursday crew, so-called. And uh, since my two, my 2013, I've been volunteered during the week. And... Uh, they also have a Wednesday crew, and somehow I moved over to the, to Wednesday crew as well. So both the, both uh, most weeks, I'm there both both days. Um, I really enjoy the hands-on work. I mean, that's kind of one of the things that gets me going. I also used to say it keeps us uh, keeps me out of the bar room, but that isn't quite 100 percent true. So I can't can't say it any better than that. Yes, right. In particular, I like the opportunity to uh, meet and work with the future homeowners. It is rewarding to see a project grow from, you know, just a hole in the ground, or not even a hole in the ground, and uh, to a rough frame building, to a sheathing and siding and roof and the whole thing, and then finally ready for the families to move in. Uh, it's it's a lot of work sometimes, but it's but it's very rewarding, and and hearing Thea's story reminded me of the, the Salisbury site. Well, a couple of summers ago, we started that, and it was, unlike most sites, this was a tree-covered lot, so we had to uh, uh, cut the trees down and whatever. And, and Chaz was one of the, one of the volunteers for that. And one one of the days we were working there was 96 degrees Fahrenheit. This past February, one of the days was 16 degrees. So that's an 80-degree swing. And we work rain, snow, the whole thing. It just, it just goes on. Let me tell you a little bit about the local chapter. Merrimack Valley builds houses and builds hope for it in 22 cities and towns in the Merrimack Valley, from Salem, New Hampshire, to North Reading, north to south, from Salisbury to Methuen, east to west, but most and most, as Chad said, most of the recent builds have been in in uh, Lawrence. Current active projects are in Andover and Salisbury. There's also a restore uh, on River Road that sells donated furniture and household goods. Things are on sale are in good good quality and good condition, and the the revenue from the restore is a major source for the uh, for the the chapter. Uh, Merrimack chapter has 10 paid employees, some full-time, some part-time, and a restore four. When you think of uh, 
habitat, you think of Jimmy Carter, you think of Jimmy with a hammer in his hand, uh, but the non-construction volunteers are also an integral part of the, of the organization. Uh, there are many ways to volunteer with Merrimack Valley uh, that don't involve the building. Work behind the scenes in your office, work at the restore. Uh, Zane uh, Hollingsworth and, and uh, Ellen Prokopo are regular volunteers there, and I think Chaz volunteered there for a bit too, right? I believe. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> donate your talent, <coughs> excuse me, talent and expertise in areas such as real estate closings, site surveys, and other professional capacities that uh, serve the, the, the mission. Uh, join one of our standing committees, such as the, uh, the Family Selection Committee, to assist us in executing our, uh, our mission. As far as construction volunteers, they really come from a number of sources. Faith groups, churches, and synagogues uh, generally volunteer on Saturdays. And Thea Shapiro uh, works for Habitat as the faith uh, group coordinator. Uh, corporate groups, and that's really a very encouraging thing because many companies actually pay employees to do a volunteer day. Uh, oftentimes, will will do a, uh, a a donation and a substantial donation many times, and so they tend to fill in the the weekday, Wednesday, Thursday times that we do. Uh, there's individual signups. If you go on the the Habitat website, Merrimack Valley Habitat. You can sign up for uh, you know a, a day that's, that works for you during the week on Saturdays. Regular volunteers, and it's kind of Chaz and I that we show up regularly. I guess that's why they call us regular volunteers. <laughs> we don't qualify otherwise. Um, and that's Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays. And all told, there are about 50 of us in this group. But on any given week, there might be between 15 to 25 of regulars that come those three days. The other thing we have, and it's really, really kind of uh, great to see, is the regional vocational technical schools uh, provide volunteers. In Andover, we have the Greater Lawrence Folk Tech. And in, and, uh, in Salisbury, we have Whittier. And they... Uh, Carpentry skills, but also at least in in, uh, in Salisbury, they're also doing the the electrical work too. So, so that's helpful. <clears throat> the other thing that we have, and that's been good, is we've had two so far, and I think we'll have another. Currently, we have an AmeriCorps team that's working at Salisbury. I think this is their last week, but uh, but they've been a, a great resource. The best part about it. They're not afraid to climb high ladders. <laughs> so, doing the peak, doing the peak at uh, for the siding has been a, a you know, a, a good relief because some of us are a, a little more ladder averse than others. But, uh, but anyway, that's that's kind of the, you know, the overall picture, and there's a lot more that could be told. But, uh, but we'll kind of end it here. And if anybody's interested in volunteering. You know, please speak to Chaz or myself. And if you see Ellen or Zane uh, in the upcoming weeks, you can ask about Restore. But uh, that's that's our uh, thing for the day. And I believe we have a closing hymn, which is hidden over here somewhere. So closing hymn number 95. There's more love somewhere.